You're listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Church Pullman, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Hey, uh, it's good to see everybody this morning. Uh, whether you're here in person or joining us online, we've got a lot of folks that are uh, watching on YouTube and Facebook. So, welcome to everybody watching online. If you're watching online, your cue uh, to stay connected with us is to comment. And so, make sure that you're commenting, letting us know where you're watching from. And if you want to sign the map, let the the team know that's uh, with us online. That would be awesome. The rest of y'all get to sign the map here. We'll talk about that in a second. But hey. Um, we are kicking off uh, our first step in this journey to God today, and uh, it's kind of a fun uh, thing that we're learning about. If you missed last week, we sort of did the intro to the series, and we talked about how we're going to embark on this journey, and it's something that sort of falls in line with things, uh, uh, stuff that God's people have been doing for thousands of years. They've been making pilgrimages to Jerusalem. So God's people have traveled from wherever they find themselves multiple times a year back to Jerusalem for festivals. And along these pilgrimages that they return to Jerusalem, along the way, they would sing and celebrate and, uh, and sing songs. And these songs would help them uh, think about who God is and, and what God is like and kind of the things that, that they as uh, God's people go through and, and the words kind of bring to life this relationship between people and God. And those songs are traditionally known as the songs of ascent. And it's fitting because no matter where you start from to go to Jerusalem, it's always uphill. Um, No matter where you go, uh, it's always going to be uphill to Jerusalem. So it's uh, songs as you ascend to Jerusalem in one sense. And we talked last week how there's more to this than just uh, singing these songs on your way on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. That's sort of the thing that the lens that we're going to look at it through. But if you want to do some uh, fun Bible study outside of what we're learning here and dive in and learn about the songs of ascent, there's a bunch more to learn about them. And so it's pretty fun. But um, we know those, the songs of ascent in our Bible as Psalms uh, 120 through 134. Sorry, I've got my head locked in one place, and that's really hard. There we go. Now I can turn my neck. Uh, so we know them as Psalms 120 through 134 in our Bibles, and we're going to be digging into the first one today. If you missed last week, you can catch it online um, and uh, just catch up with the rest of the intro with a little more details than that quick recap. But uh, today, we're going to be starting off on this first step, and we're going to start off a little bit weird. So I need to make sure you'll track with me here in a second. I see a lot of people have uh, your pens out, your sermon notes out, which is awesome. Everybody else, do that, because I'm going to ask you to write something down in just a second. So make sure you got something out to write on, a pen, your arm, uh, your neighbor's arm, you know, whatever you need, because uh, I'm going to give you a little pop quiz. Uh, don't worry, I won't check your answers, uh, and everybody's probably going to pass. It's that kind of quiz. It's everybody's favorite kind of quiz. Um, while you're getting all your stuff out and getting ready to write down, I want to just share with you some things that I have been hearing from people that kind of help us, uh, I don't know, sort of get ready for where I think we need to be to start this message today. As I've been talking with people over the last several weeks in person, um, reconnecting with people that are kind of coming out of uh, 
you know, kind of quarantine land and kind of recalibrating and reconnecting as school started and, and they're sort of reintegrating with people. I'm meeting with a lot more people than I was over the last several months. And, and I'm hearing a lot of the same types of things from people. I'm hearing a lot of, uh, similar statements from people. I'm hearing a lot of people saying that they're really ready for 2020 to be over. Right. I'm hearing a lot of people say that um, they are like just sort of sick of the election stuff. And it's not even it's like we're not even there yet. And they're they're frustrated because it just seems like no matter which way it goes, that they're not going to be happy. They're sort of frustrated and annoyed with masks or no masks or distancing. And like these are the comments of the day, which I think is no surprise to any of us in this room. Those are the things that are sort of on the forefront of people's minds. And so. I wanted to give you all a chance to uh, air your frustrations a little bit. This may be a funny thing to do at church, but just hang in there with me, all right? What I want you to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you do a little brainstorm session, which means that you're just trying to get as many things down on paper as you can when I show you this uh, next statement up here on the screen. And, um, and then... And then we're going to uh, kind of dive into it from there. I promise it'll make sense in a minute. And I promise you're not going to have a hard time thinking of things. At least I don't think so. I mean, first service was amazing. And I know you all are better than them, right? Thank you. Good job, Jenna. Uh, All right. Here's the thing. Uh, When it comes to everything going on in the world right now, what are you sick of, disgusted with, or angry about? On your marks, get set, right. See how many things you can come up with. Everything that pops in your head that you're sick of, disgusted with, angry, annoyed. Hope you never have to talk about it again the rest of your life. Those of you uh, watching online, fire off some of your, your uh, comments. You get the fun of commenting in the live stream feed. So write out your comments. What are you sick of, annoyed with? PG-13, right? Um, all right, so keep writing as they come to mind. That's fine. Um, I asked uh, folks on Facebook uh, this week this very same question, and it's probably no surprise to you that within, it seems like about hours, there was 70, 80 answers on there, and it's still running. Like, my phone keeps popping off because there's all these people that think of new things and uh, more people that see it, and there are no shortage of things that are people are tired of, frustrated with, um, because I can't go around and see all of your answers. Um, it would be hard to navigate getting around in this room and all that stuff. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shout out some of the answers that people shared on Facebook. If you're in agreement with that, if it's like one of them that you thought or that you wrote down or it's something that you totally agree with, just shout it out and say yes, say amen, say hoo whatever your thing is, you say it, all right? How about uh, people are tired of division, arguments, ignorance, COVID-19, please, that better be everybody in this room be tired of COVID-19. This one came up a lot. People are tired of uncertainty, like not knowing what's next. We can't ever seem to like, it's a a moving target, right? That's so frustrating. Um, Parents failing their children. How about disrespect for law enforcement? Uh, Toxic relationships. Uh, All the negative actions in and around the country. Politics. Uh, divisive media stirring the pot. Uh, mean people. Anybody sick of mean people? That's pretty universal. Um, sick of all the anger. 
negativity and hate on social media? Ugh. Um, how about uh, face masks? Anybody? Good. I'm glad to hear I'm in the same boat with that. Uh, people tearing each other down, grieving. Um, how about unreliable people? Sick and tired of unreliable people. Um, double standards, hypocrisy, like the list goes on and on and on, right? And if we were to go around this room, the, we could come up with so many things that we're frustrated with and sick of and disgusted by that it, we could write a book on it, like in no time quick. And so here's, here's a funny thing. You ready? The fact that so many of us and so many of you have so many things that you're frustrated with and sick of actually makes me a little bit happy. I know, it's weird. It, it, just hang in there. It's, this may be one of the most uh, unorthodox uh, sermon intros ever, getting there. But the truth is that it's just exactly these types of things. The types of things where people get fed up with the world, sick of things, disgusted with stuff, driven insane by things that actually provides the motivation needed to go on this journey to God that we're going to go on together. Because it's not until you're actually fed up with the world sick of the lies, sick of all the stuff that we just rattled through, that you actually find the motivation to, to, to dare to dream. Is there a better way? Like, could the world be any better? Is there a different way to live life on planet Earth? Or is this just always what it's going to be? Is it always going to be frustration and lies and anger and deceit and sin and junk and muck? Like, is that all that we've all ever got to look forward to? Is there a better way? And it's like, when you get so frustrated with that, it's what provides the motivation to like step out and to dare to dream that there might be a better way. And the Psalm that we're going to get into this morning is our first step on this journey to know God. It's the, it's the first psalm in the Songs of Ascent, Psalm 120. And this psalm is a, is a song written by a person like a, a person in this situation, a person that's super frustrated with their circumstances, that's just had it up to here, right? Like they can't take it anymore with the world that they're living in, with what's going on around them, and they're exhausted, exasperated, it's not really, as songs go, a pretty song. In fact, it's really actually a pretty harsh song. I wouldn't consider it uh, a Sunday morning worship song type melody so much. But what this song is, is really real. It's, it's the song of somebody being really raw and vulnerable and transparent with what's really going on in their world. In the world we live in, we're, we're familiar with people going on rants. Like they'll get on Facebook and everybody seems to have to do it in their car. Um, and so you, they make like nose up videos of themselves in their car going on a rant, whatever their rant is, right? And that's sort of something we're used to in our culture. People just kind of doing their thing or being on their soapbox. This psalm is not that. This isn't somebody just going on a rant. This isn't somebody just getting on a, so a soapbox, you know, spouting their opinions about stuff. This is somebody that is fed up. This is the, the, like somebody opening up the curtains to their life, to their raw, real, what's going on between them and God situation. And these are the words that came out. And I know from the conversations I've had, particularly lately, 
that I think a lot of people in this room and a lot of people watching online are going to be able to relate to somebody that is just being real and raw and vulnerable and honest and just laying it out there before the Lord. And I think that's something a lot of folks will connect with. So let's jump in and look at this psalm together. Uh, Psalm 120, it says this. I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him and he answered my prayer. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. O deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will he increase your punishment? You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. How I suffer in far off Meshech. It pains me to live in distant Kedar. I'm tired of living among people who hate peace. I search for peace, but when I speak of peace, they want war. So this is a person that's, that's fed up with all the lies. They're sick of the, the liars. They're sick of just the, the stress and the strain going on around them. But more than even just any particular person, they're sort of just sick of everything that seems to be going on around them in their life. They're like, how long am I going to be stuck, like locked in Meshach? How long do I have to live in far off Kedar? Like, it's like they're saying, is this all I've got to look forward to is living amongst fighting neighbors constantly? You see, Meshach and Kedar are places, and Meshach is a, a really distant, remote place in far-off Russia, and Kedar is, describes a, a Bedouin tribe that would live along Israel's borders, and they were known for particularly harsh and barbaric ways. And so these two places really represent sort of the strange and the hostile. This is a person, a lot like a lot of us in this room, kind of acknowledging that like, I'm surrounded by lots of weird stuff, and it kind of creeps me out a little bit, and I don't understand a lot of it. And on the other side, it feels like everybody's mad all the time and fighting over everything constantly. I feel like I'm stuck in a world where I can't say anything, where if I actually open up and I'm vulnerable and I be real about anything going on in my life, I'm at risk of being attacked. And if I shut up and I'm quiet, all I hear is arguments around me at every turn. How long do I have to live in this place? If you were to maybe re-say the end of that song in more modern terms, you might say something like, I live in the midst of hoodlums and wild savages, right? This world is not my home and I want out. I don't know if any of you have ever felt that. I put in your notes uh, just an idea to rewrite the end of that psalm. Like, if you were to rewrite that in your own words, what would it look like? And and I want to give you a little bit, uh, one up the challenge a little bit for you, is I want to encourage you to make yourself a note right there, because this is, this is one of those things where you're going to go, oh, that's good, and then you'll forget to do it. So write down, personalize this psalm. Give yourself a little homework. Personalize this psalm. And so I just want to encourage you that maybe later today or sometime this week when you've got time to to actually go back through that psalm and think through, like, if I was writing this and I put myself in as, as I statements, how would I write it? What would those words come out like if you were to rewrite it as if you wrote it and see what God shows you? The reason all of this is important for us to talk about, the reason 
this psalm is the first psalm on our journey to God is because it's, a, it, it's an important place to start because it starts when people are so frustrated and fed up with the world and all that it has to offer and all the lies and the junk and the fighting and the arguing people. It's in that place that we find our motivation to actually step out on this journey that we actually start to think about like being willing to turn from the ways of the world and turn for a better way, God's way. And in the Bible, there's a word that describes that choice. And that word is repentance. And so repentance, you've got to understand, is a decision. Repentance is not an emotional response to sin. It's not about a feeling or something that uh, you wait until you feel like you're ready for it. Repentance is a decision. Now, don't get me wrong. There will be times where you feel bad about sin. You feel bad about lying. You feel bad about saying some gossipy, underhanded junk about someone you care about. You'll feel bad about taking something from work that you know didn't belong to you. You'll feel bad about looking at stuff you know you shouldn't have looked at. You'll feel bad about treating somebody badly to their face, right? Like, that's, that's normal. And at times, we do feel guilt or shame or regret over sin, But what you've got to understand is repentance is not dependent on feeling bad for your sin. Repentance is a decision. Repentance is a choice where you actually acknowledge that you are done with the ways of the world. You are done trying to be the Lord of your own life, the boss of your everything. Like you're done saying that if you try hard enough, if you get enough education, enough money, enough resources, that you can get this whole thing figured out and control everything of your life on your own without anybody else. And you get to the point where you're like, I acknowledge I am not for that way anymore. And you choose instead to follow Jesus. Repentance is a, is, a, is a very first decision in following Christ. It's when we say that in God, he is telling us the truth through Jesus Christ. We acknowledge that the ways of the world are not the way we want to go anymore. That sin is not the way we want to go anymore. That we want to turn from that and we want to turn to Christ. And that process right there That decision, that choice, is repentance. Now, the thing is, repentance is the beginning of everything in the Christian journey. John's uh, preaching. John preached that uh, to repent for the kingdom of heaven was at hand. It was near, right? Jesus, when he began to preach, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Uh, When Peter preached at Pentecost, his very first sermon ended with repent and be baptized. At the very end of the Bible in Revelations to the very last church in Revelations, it tells them to, to be zealous and repent, Repentance really is symbolic. It is the first word in every Christian's journey. Repentance is where this journey starts. Now, here's one of the things that I feel like is something that I watch happen over and over and over and over again. I can say that I've seen it happen. I can tell you, I can testify, I've done it. So many people 
get to that spot where they are frustrated. They're fed up with life. They're sick of trying to figure it out on their own. They, they feel like there's something missing and they've tried so many different things, coping with different things, educating different things, boyfriends, girlfriends, pick your thing, trying to fulfill it, fix it, find it. And they finally get to the end of that and say, there's got to be a better way. And then they hear about a God. They hear about a God who loves them and a God who cares for them, a God who was willing to uh, pay for their sin debt even while they were still out racking up the debt. They hear about a God who is like a, a loving father who wants to be in relationship with them. And it's like, man, that sounds really good. That sounds like something that might be the thing I was missing. And so they embark on this, this new journey where they try to get to know God. They start to try and figure out how to add God into their life. And so they start adding things in like church and reading their Bible and studying and, and maybe even going to a group or something. And then it looks a little bit like this. I don't know if you guys remember or have ever played one of these deals. We used to have them at youth group where you do the inflatable uh, obstacle course deal you know, like for teenagers or little kids, and they'd hook up the bungee cord to your back, and you try to run really far in that inflatable thing and grab a flag, and if you, you don't have, like, enough body mass, it just, like, you know, and you do, like, this thing right here. If you've never done that, you really need to, like, live a little. Go home, duct tape some bungee cords together. It's a good idea. I picture that when I, when I talk to so many people and I watch so many people starting in this Christian journey, they start off and they miss the most important step in the beginning. And, and because they miss that step, they're like a person that sets out on this journey with a bungee cord hooked up to their back. And they're like, add church to their life, add some study into their life, add some pray into their life. And then when their willpower and like their, their their strength carrying them forward slows. They're just like this. They just cut, they're right back here. And then they have this like, I just feel like I'm doing it wrong and it's too hard. And this does not feel like a path of peace. This feels tiring and exhausting. And I was going to do that Christian thing once. I tried, but it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. That's what people experience when they miss repentance. When they miss actually acknowledging their sin, turning from their old ways and choosing to follow Jesus. When you choose to follow Christ, that's what it looks like to actually put your feet on this path. This, this uh, series that we're doing called Journey to God is kind of a neat way of helping us have like some visual imagery in our mind. Like, like we're a bunch of people that are going on an adventure together and we're going to hike our way to the top of Jerusalem. And so there is a way to get there. There are places we should step and places we shouldn't. There, there are uh, things we should do and things we should not do. And the way we do this journey right is that we follow Jesus. He says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Like there is no other way to know God apart from following Jesus. And so the way that we actually put our feet on the path and embark on this journey is to repent and say, I want to follow Jesus. And when you do that and you say you want to follow Jesus, you're now on the path. You're now learning how to journey to God. Now, What's tough is, um, what's tough is for a lot of people, a lot of people embark on this journey. They repent. 
they, they are baptized and they commit their life to Christ and they say, I am all in. I want to follow Jesus. I want to get to know who Jesus is, what he looks like, smells like, teaches like, cares about, doesn't care about. I want to learn everything I can learn about Jesus because I want to become more and more like him. And what, if he says, go here, I want to go here. If he says, stop, I want to stop. If he tells me I need to camp out in this spot and learn all about it before we go on to the next spot, I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. I'm so in sync with him, right? Like people start there, but then stuff happens. Which leads us to the next question is like, how often or how many times are you supposed to do this repent thing? Is this just like a one-time thing that is critical to our beginning our relationship with God? Or do we repent more? And if we do repent more, how much more? Like, is there... Is there a cap? Like, what if you've done it a hundred times? I mean, is, does God say, like, you've got a quotient, like, there's, you can get up to a hundred, but after that, it's over? Like, what is that? What does it look like? And when? How would you know when you need to repent? Like, what if you did it once? You turned from your sin and you chose to follow Jesus. How would you know when the next time you should repent would be? Let me help you have a picture. You're following Jesus. You're committed to get to knowing him. You're spending time with other people in Christian community. You're spending time studying the word. You're learning about who Jesus is. Your heart is turned towards him. You sincerely want to be like him. And then guess what happens at different times in our life? Sometimes uh, things catch our attention that are not Jesus. For me, when I uh, first came to know about the Lord, I was in high school. And when I was in high school, I went through a season where I went all in to follow Jesus. I got baptized. I was super excited about it. Had some awesome godly guys in my life that were helping me learn how to really who Jesus was, what it meant to follow Jesus, uh, how to have a relationship with him, talk to him, listen for, you know, from what he was going to say to me. And for a season, that was all I really cared about. And I was really on the path. And then as I was on the path, things changed and my relationship with them kind of went different route because of different seasons in life. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, I'm on my path by myself for a minute following Jesus. And then I looked up and I looked around and I saw some pretty girls. And I can't remember where Jesus was going, to be honest with you. But I know where those girls were going and that's where I headed. And it, it for me was years later before I realized how far off the path I was and, and how far away I was from Christ. And so sometimes it's sin that pulls us off the path, right? Sometimes you're following Jesus and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, you're caught up in this snare and it is like, uh, you just kind of, you stop and you look up and you're like, how did I get here? Thinking about what I'm thinking about, looking at what I'm looking at, doing what I'm doing, caring about what I'm caring about. Like, you, it just hits you like a brick, right? Like you just... I call them spiritual two-by-fours. I don't know if y'all need those, but God uses them on me. I'm, I'm sorry if he uses them on you. They're hard. And, and it's like you get smacked, like all out of the blue. It's like, wake up. You're not on the path. And I'm like, whoa, how in the world did I get over here? And it's like you have that wake-up call that you're not on the path. Your life is not about following Jesus, listening to Jesus, caring about what Jesus cares about, care, like trying to, trying to trying to help other people stay on the path with you. Like somehow you're over here in the weeds, and it's like, man, I just stepped on a thorn and it woke me up. Sometimes we get off the path because we're just absolutely like just lazy, to be honest with you. 
we're like committed to following the Lord and we're doing good and we're on track and we're following God. And then it's like life gets busy, things happen. You got 400 online classes you're trying to navigate and your kids are on Zoom and this is on Zoom and this technology isn't working and your internet speed is terrible. And like day after day of that, and it's like, it, it, I didn't purposely stop following Jesus. Just life just drugged me off over here into a ditch. And I didn't mean to get here, but yet here I am. Sometimes it's our doubts. Sometimes it's like, man, I'm, I'm following Jesus, but I'm just like, I don't know what's next. Like, what more does he want? What, what's around the corner? Like, what's it going to be like? I just don't know if I'm up for all this. And, and the fear creeps in and the what ifs creep in. And the, and the I don't know if I want to give him all control of like leading me anywhere he wants me to go. Like, I liked it up to this point, but it's starting to stretch me out of my comfort zone. And I think I'd like to just go back over here. Here's the deal. To answer the question, like, how often do you need to repent? Uh, how many times do you need to repent? The, the simple answer is this. Anytime you are not following Jesus, it's time to repent. Anytime you're off the path, your feet are not firmly uh, on that uh, imaginary path following Christ, like anytime you find yourself where your life is not about who is Jesus, what does he care about, what, what is life like to be a follower of his, what do people that follow him care about, what does he care about, what does he really want from me, what does like next week or next month look like, I don't know, I got to talk to Jesus about that. Like if that's not the way your mind is thinking and kind of the way that your life is shaped, then you're probably off the path. Because that means that other things are shaping which way you're going and what you're thinking about and what you're caring about and, and helping you make decisions about what tomorrow holds or next week holds or how you'll spend your money or whether or not you'll go to second base with this person or whether or not you're going to marry this person or how much money you're going to spend on that car. Like when, when you're figuring out all that stuff by other ways that aren't going to your rabbi, going to your teacher, Jesus, and saying, hey, Jesus, I got this thing coming up where I could buy this car, or I've got this girl I really like, or I've got this, this thing really coming up, and I, I need your help here. I need your guidance. Like, And you're talking to the Lord like you're talking to a mentor and a disciple maker, because that's what he is. Then it helps you realize that you're probably off the path. And when you get off the path, I think a lot of people don't understand what it looks like to actually repent. They're like, I mean, this is like, okay, well, what do you actually do? So say, hypothetically, right? Say, hypothetically, I was off the path. I'm asking for a friend, right? My friend wants to know if you got off the path and you were going to repent do you just like say it? Do you go click your heels three times? Like, what is, is there like some weird magic thing you're supposed to? No. Here's what it looks like. It looks like having a conversation with your father God who loves you, owning up to where you're really at. You may or may not even know how you got there, and I don't think God really cares a whole bunch. But it's like owning up to your part. Where are you at? How are you off track? And then telling him that you're sorry. Asking him to forgive you and saying, hey, Lord, I repent. Will you just forgive me? I don't know how I got over here again. And then telling him, like declaring, Lord, I commit to follow Jesus again today. And then here's the important part. Having actionable 
pragmatic, real human, not hypothetical, fuzzy-wuzzy spiritual stuff, real practical steps that match up with your decision. Lord, I, for, I, I ask for your forgiveness. I, I'm repenting from being over here. I got off the path, and, and I want to follow Jesus again. And then you have action in your life that matches up with what was going on in your head and your heart. Your actions the next day are like, instead of waking up and watching 43 minutes of TikTok videos... You're like, I'm going to start a new Bible app devotional. I'm going to get in God's word because in my head, I chose, I said to God, I declare I am going to get back on the path and follow Jesus and my actions are going to reflect it. And so you start doing things to be intentional about living out your choice. You call some people and you're like, man, I've been trying to do this Jesus following thing for a while now. And for whatever reason, I always am off the path and I'm rarely on the following him part. Like I need some help. I must be missing something. What do I do next, right? You rally and, and ask for support and help. That's what it looks like. And so that's what I want to kind of do to just sort of wrap up this morning is I want to give us a chance to uh, think about where we're at. Like, it's really, really important that we take time to reflect and sort of do a little uh, self-assessment if we're sort of on this map somewhere and we're getting, you know, we're on the journey to God. Like, sometimes you got to stop and realize, like, where am I at? Because if you just go, go, go all the time, you may not even realize you're off the path or like I have been in my life, how far off you are and how long you've been off. I've been there. And so I want to give you a chance to just do that. I just want to, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to let you guys just close your eyes, bow your heads, stare at the ceiling, do whatever you're comfortable with. But I want to give you a chance to just think Ask yourself some questions like, where am I? Who am I following? What am I listening to? What do I really care about right now? Like if, if I had to pin down what's the most important thing, what is it? Like those are things that help you assess, where are you? Go ahead and take a second and do that. If you feel like you're in a spot where you're like, okay. I, I'm in one of those seasons where, or minutes or days or moments where I stepped off the path and it is time for me to repent. And I do want to repent. And I do want to have that conversation with God. Like here's where you get inspired from the rawness and realness and vulnerability of the psalmist of just laying it out there. Like I'm frustrated with myself. I'm annoyed with myself. I'm mad. Like you be real. There's a huge difference and we all know it in relationship. But when somebody just like, says sorry because they have to versus an apology. This conversation, if you're off the path, that conversation is like a real apology with God that loves you. Saying, God, I'm sorry. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I did. And I repent. I don't want to put my feet back on the path following Jesus. And so I just want to, again, I just want to be quiet and give you a chance to have that conversation with the Lord right now. We're going to finish with communion this morning, and we're going to do something a little different here in a second, but this is your cue to grab your little fancy communion cup. Uh, If you're new with us, these are complicated, childproof. Uh, There's a little plastic thing on the top that you peel off to get the little bread wafer out, and then there's a separate layer to get the juice part open, and you can open them both all the same, or, you know, together right now. You can get them both open. And those of you at home, go ahead and grab your uh, 
elements for communion as well. And so every week at Real Life as a church, we take communion together because we never want to get uh, far from remembering what Christ accomplished for us on the cross. And, and, and when we take communion, we remember that Jesus gave his body for us, sacrificed literally his body, and, and that he was resurrected from the dead. We also remember that his blood was shed to pay the price for our sins. And so this morning, as we kind of finish up together, I want to just say this, like as we're symbolically like stepping out on the path together to go on this journey to God, this is, this is week one, we're just heading out. I want to say that if you're there, if you are, if you know that you're on the path, you've committed to follow Jesus, then I would just love for you to just stand up and kind of symbolically, let's just see that we're standing together to follow the Lord as we take communion. And so if you're ready and you're in to follow the Lord, let's stand up and take communion together. And so that's what we remember. We remember this morning that Jesus sacrificed his body for us, and we we remember the body of Christ as we take the bread. And we remember his blood that was shed for us so that our sins can be forgiven once and for all as we put our faith in him. And so let's take the cup. Well, many of you started this journey with repentance at different times in your life and you were baptized, and some of you maybe have never been baptized, and that is the very next thing a person does when they commit their life to Christ. They repent, turn from their sins, commit to follow Christ, and then they become baptized. And baptism is a a public profession of what people can't really see that happened on the inside of your heart. And so If you have questions about baptism or you think you're ready to be baptized and that's not something you've ever done or maybe you were sprinkled as a baby and you don't know what that means, we want to have a conversation with you. We want to talk with you about baptism. It's something that we are eager to do uh, with anybody that wants to to, uh, follow Jesus. And so let me pray for us and then make sure you sign the board out there every week that you're here. Sign the stop and Um, just uh, signifies that you're with us on the trip. All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you so much for your son. We thank you for his example and his leadership. Lord, we thank you that we get to have a God that uh, was real and human and lived this life and taught. and, And we've got so much that we can learn from him that we're not just blindly trying to figure this out. God, help us to grow together as a church to support one another, encourage each other, and look out for each other as we see our family stepping off the path here and there. Lord, help us to reach out and say, hey, come back. Lord, help us be that kind of place. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us at rlcpullman.com and by connecting with us on Facebook. Until next time, have a great week.